This morning, we're in the book of Acts, and uh, we're going to look at these first seven verses. In fact, just for the sake of time, I'm only going to read the first five here. Acts chapter 19, verse 1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, no, we've not even heard there was a Holy Spirit. And he said, well, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who is coming after him, and that is in Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, let me give you a little background. This is the third missionary journey. Paul is heading to Ephesus. I've, I've got this up here. If you haven't been there, it's an it's a incredible city, a big amphitheater. In fact, got a couple amphitheaters. This one seats, though, if I remember right, about 25,000, 30,000. It's got the big causeway that goes down to actually the Mediterranean Sea, so a lot of people would come in this way. Big amphitheaters and all this, uh, beautiful statues. I found Samson there, too. Uh, that was uh, cool. And uh, And by the way, just to let you know, in case you don't, as a church, we're actually taking a couple trips. This next March, March of 2020, we're going to go to Petra in Israel for a week. If you have some interest, we'd love to have you go. March of 2021, we're going to go do Greece. So Paul, as he came through from uh, 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 Philippi, to Thessalonica, to Athens, to Corinth. And then we're going to get on a boat and we're going to go see Patmos where John was. We're going to see Crete, but we're also going to go over to Ephesus. The ruins there are incredible. This kind of gives you a sense of all as you walk down and through it. It's a fascinating place. The beautiful, beautiful carvings that they did. Now behind those people standing there, that is the library. It was a two-story library. It was huge. This is that big amphitheater. And then again, as you go go out front, that's the walkway that went all the way down to the, uh, to the harbor there at Ephesus. It's a fascinating place. Paul went to the major metropolitan communities. Why? Because that was the place that spread the gospel. Because people were always going and coming. And so if they came and heard the gospel got saved and then they left, they would take the gospel with them. And so that's what's happening here at Ephesus. But there are two pieces in this passage that to me are really important that I want to talk about. The first is this, the specific nature of saving faith. Because what's interesting is he meets these disciples, there's about 12 of them, and something's not right. You know, we're not told exactly what didn't click, but Paul knew something wasn't right. They considered themselves disciples. You can see that in the end of verse 1. And they were people of faith, but something didn't set right. And you see, Even though they were people of faith, they had an incomplete message. 
You know, that's, to me, it's kind of fascinating when you think about the enemy who has taken on the, the plan of God since the beginning of time. You know, if he can't get you with outright lies, what he gets you to, with with half lies. And so the idea is that if we just have faith or hear an incomplete message, they had believed the message of John the Baptist that one is coming. He had a baptism of repentance, but it was not saving faith. And, and so when we think about saving faith, saving faith is not simply faith in God. You know, a lot of people say, well, I believe in God. But that doesn't save anybody. In fact, James himself tells us this, that you believe that God is one, you do well. But even the demons believe that, and they shudder. So saving faith is more than just believing in a God. It's also more than just simply believing in the historical facts about Jesus. I run into people all the time. They believe Jesus was real. They even believe he's the son of God. They even believe he died on the cross. But you know what? Jesus isn't doing anything for them today. Because if you were asking, well, do you think you're going to heaven? Yeah, well, why? Well, because I've done this. And I'm a good person. And I go to church. And I do this. And, and it's all I, 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 I. Well, listen, if it's all about I, then you're not trusting in Jesus. So you can have the knowledge you can even believe the knowledge that Jesus was the Son of God. He died. But you see, that's not saving faith. Saving faith is trusting in Jesus alone for your salvation. That's what saving faith is. It's not just knowing certain knowledge. You know, John, in his book, he says, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. So you do need to know that. You do need to know that Jesus is the Son of God, but also what he did for you, that he came and he died. He paid the penalty. And not only did he pay it, but he paid it all, right? When he died, he said, it is finished. The debt's paid. That's what saving faith is. And these men didn't understand that. They, they, you know, there's nothing wrong with them. They're not bad, but they had an incomplete message. All they had was the message of John. John said the Messiah is coming, so you need to prepare your hearts. And it was a baptism of repentance. And so Paul says, listen, John was pointing ahead to Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. This is who Jesus is. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the one who came and died. He paid the penalty for our sins. He's risen from the dead. If you put your faith and trust in him, that's what they did. So, folks, that's what saving faith is. It's not just believing in God. It's not just, you know, believing that Jesus was a great man. But it is believing not only that Jesus died, but that he died for me. And I put my trust in that and that alone. Honestly, folk, that's the question we all have to answer. You know, we can grow up around the truth. We can have, in essence, a, a knowledge of what Jesus has done. But on that day when we stand before Jesus, it's not going to be a matter of, did you believe I existed? Or did, even that you, did you believe that I died? But did you put your trust in me? Were you trusting in me to save you? Or were you trusting in yourself, your good works? Were you trusting in your church? Were you trusting in your baptism? Were you trusting in Jesus alone? 
And honestly, for those of us that know him, that this has implications for how we share the gospel, how we ask questions is, is one of the reasons why we try to give training because, you know, sometimes you just ask the question, are you a person of faith? Well, yeah, I'm a person of faith. Doesn't mean they know Jesus. Are you a Christian? Oh yeah, I'm a Christian. You know, you ask 100 people, that could mean probably about 50 different things, right? We've got to understand that when we share the gospel, the gospel is this, that Jesus died and paid the penalty for our sins and for all that will put their trust in him alone. That's what saving faith is. And then the second piece in this is just simply this idea that Paul's expectation that everybody who came to faith in Christ would now follow him in obedience and be baptized. That was the plan. In fact, that's the pattern you see all throughout the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, they believed, they were baptized. I mean, it really taken off of Jesus' words, right? Matthew 28, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so the plan is, you believe in Jesus, you put your trust in him, you're saved, and now you take that step of obedience. You see it in Acts 2. You see it with Lydia there in, in Acts 16. She believed. She was baptized. The jailer, he believed. He was baptized. Cornelius. These men here, they heard the gospel. They heard that Jesus had died for them. They believed and then they were baptized. That's the plan. And just because someone has been through the ritual of baptism before that doesn't mean that that was believer's baptism. And this is where the enemy just tries to create such confusion. For instance, in some traditions, they, they baptize babies as infants. Um, and in some of their things, it's not about salvation. It's really more about a dedication. You know, we do baby dedication up here. It's more along those lines. But then when people come to faith in Christ, they say, well, I've already been baptized. Well, no. Okay, so you were baptized, but it wasn't believer's baptism because as an infant, you couldn't believe. This was really more about for your folks and your family. But when you come to faith in Christ, the plan is you believe, then you're baptized. And for others, it's, it's like, well, maybe as a child, I got baptized. I, I had had some kind of experience, but it really was later in my life that I came to understand that, no, it's Jesus alone. And it's then that I put my faith and trust in him. Well, but I've already been baptized. Well, yes, but it wasn't believer's baptism because you didn't come to faith in Jesus until this point. And so that question becomes, is since that point, that moment in your life that you've come to faith in Jesus, after that, have you been baptized? That's, that's how it works. That's what believer's baptism is. It is about coming to that point of once I come to believe in Jesus, once I am saved, once I've accepted Christ as my Savior, that no matter what you know, happened before, that now I come to faith in him. You know, <laughs> sometimes people, you know, uh, 
look and, and, you know, baptism is more about an idea of rededication, but that's really not the picture. The picture of baptism is for those who have come to faith in Christ, letting the world know, it's identifying ourselves that we have become a follower of Jesus, that we have put our trust in him and him alone. We've been washed in his blood. We've been raised in a new life. That's the picture of baptism. So again, that becomes a question. A, have you come to trust in Jesus alone? And secondly, if you have, have you followed him in believer's baptism? Since that time of putting your faith and trust in Jesus, have you come to follow him? That's what we're called to do. And again, what a great implication for us as we're sharing the good news, we're living on mission. We're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ as people come to faith, as they believe in Jesus, as they accept him as their savior. How important it is for us to then encourage them to be baptized because that is that first step of faith. It's that first step of obedience. Again, has nothing to do with our salvation. Jesus paid for that on the cross. It is in Jesus alone. But that first thing that he asks us to do once we come to faith in him, to take that step, let the world know, identify ourselves as a follower of Jesus Christ, and to be baptized. That's the heart of what God has called us to do. So my question is, A, have you come to faith in Jesus? That's where it all begins. That's really the, the big issue here. And I talk to people often do you think you're going to heaven? Yeah, well, why? Well, because I've been a good person. I've, I go to church. I've I got a good heart. I try really hard. I try to... It's I, 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 I. Folk, if what you're counting on is you, you're going to be sorely disappointed because nobody, nobody who counts upon themselves is ever going to get into heaven. That's the whole reason Jesus came. You know, if I could do it, if I could live good enough, then Jesus didn't need to die. But the fact, I'm not good enough to do it, and neither are you. <laughs> but that's great news. Because because of that, Jesus came and died for us. He stood in our place. He did it all. And all he asks is that we put our faith and our trust in him. We invite him to be our savior. And when we do that, put our trust in him alone he gives us eternal life it's his promise for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life so a have you come to put your faith in Jesus and trust in him alone secondly since doing that have you followed him in baptism that's the plan. And if you haven't, next time we do this, we'd love to have you a part of 